Hi there. I'm Jenna, and welcome to Butterfly Banter. I'm so glad you're here. This is a show to share my journey as a woman with Turner Syndrome, and a show to share stories of others that are affected by Turner Syndrome. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And now, let the banter begin. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Butterfly Banter. So glad to have you all here today, and I'm so glad to have my guest Amber here. Amber, would you like to say hello to everybody? Hello. We're so excited to have you here today. Um, Thank you, I'm excited to be here. Yeah, Um, so Amber, why don't we just jump right in, and why don't you tell us a little bit about where you're from, and... Um, what your journey with Turner Syndrome has been like so far. So I am from Denver, Colorado, um, and I was diagnosed with Turner's in utero. Um, My mom had an amniocentesis, um, and she was able to get that diagnosis um, through the amniocentesis. I really haven't had too many medical issues growing up. Um, I did have to have spinal fusion when I was 15 um, for scoliosis. Um, I do have a bicuspid aortic valve, and I was born with um, a coarctation, but I grew out of the coarctation, and they've been... Um, keeping an eye on things. Um, I just recently had a um, cardiac MRI, and they mm-hmm. found that I have um, the uh, anomalous pulmonary um, vein issue. So I'm going to have to have heart surgery to correct that next summer. Oh, so they they were able to um, not worry about the coarctation, but now it's looking like right. there's some other things that have had that have come up that you're going to have to have repaired. Right. Mhm. When I um coarctations are definitely common with Turner's syndrome. Yeah. And... Um, so they found that when I was I think 3 months old and then they just kind of kept an eye on it and um I ended up growing out of it. And it's been normal. And um, when I got the cardiac MRI, my cardiologist said that um, my aorta looked really good. There was really nothing concerning about it. Um, There was even a question as to whether or not I had um, a bicuspid. Mm -hmm. But my cardiologist determined that I do. it just the way that um, so your aorta looks like a peace sign, and mm-hmm. each section of the peace sign is um, like a door that opens up, and um, what happens is part of that is fused, um, mm-hmm. and that's what causes the bicuspid. And where mine is fused, it's the top of the peace sign. Oh, okay. So um, it it opens and functions almost normally he said 
Oh, well, that's a good thing. So that's that's how they're yeah. able to wait a year to do the surgery. Um, they said that um, normally they wouldn't really do anything about that, um, except for the fact that there are they're seeing some um, dilation in my right um, atrium and ventricle. So because of that, um, they want to get it taken care of. Um, and he said that that's just kind of, that's, that's a congenital issue. So that's how my heart was developed. Um, so it's, it's not necessary to get it done right away. Um, mm -hmm. He said, obviously, the sooner the better, um, because when you're younger, your body heals quicker, and it, it's easier to go through all of that. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's fortunate that you haven't had to go through heart surgery before this point, and, and, who, knows what yes. it, and who knows what it'll look like over the course of a year, you know, hopefully, you right. know, maybe... Um, I don't know if they've put you on any medications or anything to kind of see nope. if. Um, have you had um, issues with high blood pressure or anything because of that? Nope. Nope. Everything has looked normal. And I think that's why um, the doctor felt comfortable kind of pushing it off until next summer. Um, because I haven't had any symptoms. There's no high blood pressure. Uh I haven't really been um, experiencing breathlessness or anything like that. Um, the only thing that might be associated with that is I have been a little extra tired, um, but I also have thyroid mm -hmm. issues, so that could be what's causing that. Oh, okay. Um, so... Well, good. It sounds like there's not any huge concerns, but it sounds like you've also been very proactive um, since you found out that you were um, that you had Turner's in utero. It sounds yes. like you've kind of kept track of your health pretty well through your life so far. Yep, yep. And I'm very grateful for my parents who have stayed on top of all of that. My mom has made sure that I've gotten the best care that she could possibly get for me. Um, and she made sure that I got to all my doctor's appointments and everything growing up and um, that she stayed on top of everything to make sure that um, I was healthy. And then now, since I've been probably 18, I've been, I took the reins and I, I've been doing the same thing. That's excellent. Very, very good. That's the biggest thing that I try to, you know, um, the biggest message that I try to put out to all the butterflies that are listening is really take charge of your health because. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, even though, um, even obviously when you're younger, you need help with that. But as soon as you're able to do it, definitely take charge of your health and, and keep right. up on it because you never know yes. what can crop up. Exactly. And I also say a big thing is to really, really advocate for yourself because you know your body better than anyone. And a lot of medical professionals are not very familiar with Turner's. Right. 
So you have to make sure that you have someone that you're comfortable with who um, is knowledgeable or um, you have to make sure that they, they know what you need. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, since you're in the Denver area, I know Colorado has a pretty strong um, you know, group for Turner Syndrome. Are you a part of any of the groups yeah. in Colorado? Um, I follow on Facebook. I'm part of the Colorado group. Um, I went to the conference that was here in Denver, um, but life has been very, very busy, so I haven't been able to go to any of the, the smaller events recently and with COVID and everything. Yeah, but you but, were able to attend um, the have... national conference that was there? Yes. Oh, wonderful. What was mm-hmm. that experience like? Oh, it was wonderful. It was amazing. I met a great group of people, and um, I still stay in touch with a few of them from um, every now and then, chat on Facebook. Um, but it was it was wonderful to get to see everybody and hear everybody's experiences and just have a good time. That's great. That's awesome. I've I've really wanted to um, attend a national conference, and I'm so kicking myself because um, Denver w- is only four hours from me. I'm in Wyoming, so mm-hmm. I mean it's a little bit of a little bit of a stretch for me, but not that much. And right. I don't even remember why <laughs> I wasn't able to go. But um, one of these days, I'm gonna make it to an in-person um, national conference because I just feel like it'd be such a great experience. Oh, yes. I want to go to more. Um, When I was a kid, um, my mom and my aunt actually took me to one that was in Baltimore, I believe. Oh, wow. Oh, and I think we went to one in Utah. Oh, wow. Uh Yeah. Wow. So it sounds like they really felt like it was important for you to meet other butterflies. Yes. Yeah. That's the whole reason why I kind of started this podcast because with COVID and everything, it took a lot of the in-person stuff away. And and I felt like this was just such a, a unique and different way to make those connections with butterflies. Absolutely. You know, even if we couldn't be in person, I felt like at least I could do something to build a community and reach out to other butterflies because it's that that sense of community is so important absolutely so what i think with turners you can it, it can feel kind of lonely um, so having that community of other butterflies helps so much yeah definitely Definitely. Um, and I think they're getting back to the in-person. I know there's a national conference. Those are going to be back in person as of next year. So that's mm-hmm. pretty exciting. Yes. Yes. And um, I believe there are a few events um, with the Turner Syndrome of Colorado. Um, like a sip and paint and uh, a baseball game coming up. Um, so they're, they're getting more events. Yeah. Do you plan on attending any of those events? Or are you going to try to 
go to any of those? Um, I would love to, yeah. Yeah. Well, you'll have to go to those events and keep me posted on how it was, because <laughs> I bet Absolutely. it'll be a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, that, mm -hmm. that sense of community is so important. So did you, um, do you, did you ever have to do growth hormones when you were growing up? Because with knowing you had Turner syndrome, like right away, obviously from even before you were born, mm -hmm. did they, mm -hmm. did your doctors get you on track with growth hormones right away? Yes, I took growth hormone from the time I was three until I was 13. Wow, I think three is probably the youngest I've heard of starting growth hormones. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, hmm, that, I, I can't imagine being three and trying to understand what was going on and why you had to have shots every day. Yeah, um, my parents have told me, I don't really remember much from back when I was three, but yeah, they've told me that, um, took both of them when I first started having to get the growth hormone shots to give it to me. Somebody had to hold me down and somebody had to give me the injection. And then um, once I got a little bit older, um, I kind of understood why and I was able to give it to myself. Yeah. That just, uh, yeah, that doesn't surprise me that at three it wouldn't be it wouldn't be easy <laughs> to, mm -hmm. to do those shots. So, wow. Yeah, yeah. that's definitely interesting because I've never, I haven't talked to any butterflies. I, I think the youngest before you that I had heard of was like five. So three, oh, wow. is, three is really young. But mm -hmm. I guess, I guess that's one advantage um, that you might, may have had because knowing before you were even born what was going on, you know, it sounds like the doctors and your parents kind of already had a path of what they wanted, you know, what they what they knew you would need. Yeah. Mhm. Mm yeah, that's great that they that cuz there's been other butterflies that I've interviewed that haven't that haven't had that advantage and didn't find out until their late teens, for example, mm -hmm. that they had Turner syndrome and so being in a being being that far you know being that old made it you know really difficult but it sounded like you had yeah. the real advantage of being on top of things yes i i feel very fortunate very blessed that i've had that opportunity to have really good care yeah that's really important did mm -hmm. you did you have any of the um, nonverbal learning disabilities or anything like that through school? How how was school for you? Um, I was on an IEP um, that started at about second grade, and I had it through high school. Um, I used it most in elementary school, and then once I got to middle and high school, I didn't really use it. Um, I was in advanced placement classes. Uh -huh. I took um, AP calculus. Um, I took psychology. Um, 
Yeah, I know typically um, math is a struggle mm -hmm. for people with terms, but that was probably my best subject. Wow, I'm jealous because I I was one of those that math was really, really hard for, um, specifically geometry and anything to do with like spatial things was mm -hmm. really mm -hmm. rough for me. <laughs> so yeah, that's amazing. That's great that 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 was your strongest subject. That's wonderful. Mm -hmm. I think getting that that early intervention really helped because I was able to get um the assistance that I needed yeah. early on and that helped me succeed. So are you, did you go after high school, did you go on to college? Are you in college now or? Um, I did go on to college. Um, I originally was going to um, get a bachelor's degree in nursing and then I ended up changing majors, and I ended up getting a bachelor's degree in human services uh -huh. um, with a concentration in at-risk youth. Oh, okay. And um, I'm using that now. Um, I'm a para-educator, and I work with, I'm a one-on-one -on -one with a kiddo who's got special needs. Um and I worked in the SSN classroom. Um, I also helped other kiddos, but I was hired as a one-on-one -on -one for um, one kiddo. Oh, that's awesome. Um, I'm a teacher. Yep. And, that's awesome. Um, we know, I ha there's paraprofessionals such as yourself in our schools um, that are, mm -hmm. you know, that are one-on-ones with, with some of our um, higher-needs kiddos. And mm -hmm. it's, yeah, it's... It's amazing when you can get work with those kind of kiddos, and, and it takes a very special kind of person to be able to be a one-on-one -on -one like that. So mm -hmm. I absolutely love it. Yeah, those kiddos are very lucky to have you, and uh, because that's not, uh -uh. A, that's not an easy position to be in, for sure. It, it is tough. It's got its challenges, but it's, it's beautiful. There's way more laughs and fun times than there is um, difficult times yeah. and um, I feel like being a one-on-one -on -one, you really get that connection with the, the kiddo that you're working with um, oh, definitely. and you develop that bond I've been with this this kiddo all the way from when they started sixth grade and they're going into high school now wow and that's, that's mm -hmm. where it all starts for kiddos is with those bonds. And so, yeah, yes, being, being with, being with them for that long. Yeah. I'm sure you're definitely an important part of that kiddo's life. So that's great. You're making a huge difference. Oh, thank you. So what kind of, what, what kind of advice would you give other butterflies listening? You've been able to be at a national conference and be around other butterflies. And so you kind of, you've had that experience a little bit. And what what kind of message would you like to say to all the butterflies that are listening right now? I would say the biggest piece of advice is to be your own advocate and really, really advocate for what you need, um, as well as take care of your mental health and 
um, try and build a good support system of people who care and love you and you can trust. Yes, definitely. That's some great advice, especially, yeah, building those networks and watching your physical and mental health are all so, so important. Mm-hmm. Well, Amber, it's been great having you on the show today. I know this is kind of short oh. and sweet, and I, I thank you so much for your time today and, and for oh, you sharing you. your story today. Um, is there any any last um, words of advice or anything you'd like to say out there to all the butterflies listening? Um. We're all fighters, and we're strong and beautiful, Um, and thank you for having me on the podcast. (laughs) You are definitely right. We are all fighters and beautiful, and I I appreciate you being on the podcast and um, being brave and sharing your story and making such a difference in kids' lives because that's so important. Oh, thank you. Well, we thank you for your time, and I thank everybody for listening. And we will catch you on the next episode, everybody.